We here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast and GD Herring are hoping all of you are having a fun and safe summer. Over the next few weeks, we are going to air some previously recorded conversations as John, Nikki, Eric, and I will be out of town. Additionally, we are super excited to see our analytics prove our listening audience is growing, not just here in the U.S., but in other countries too. We are grateful for your support, and thank you for joining us every Saturday morning. You can visit us at www.theclassiccarcorner.com. Lastly, we want to thank Springdale Automotive Centers for their generous sponsorship of our podcast. Springdale Automotive Centers are locally owned and professionally operated. Whatever you drive, they service. Domestic, Euro, Classics, Diesel, Hybrid. Springdale's services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. With four convenient locations, how may they be of service? Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are proud to be sponsored by GD Herring, providing protection solutions for your legacy assets, including classic cars. You can find them in my Sunday Drive blog at gdherring.com. If you are interested in collecting classic cars, check out my new book, Drop Throttle Oversteer, now available at Amazon and paperback. The book talks about the fun of classic car ownership and ways to protect your classic automotive investment, and your honest review of the book is greatly appreciated. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel, along with our special guest today, Chase Dalton of Gateway Classic Cars. Chase is an inventory consultant with Gateway and has helped countless customers with their sales and um, and their buying. And so we have a few questions for you, Chase. Thanks, Chase, for uh, spending the time with us uh, this evening. Uh, we're uh, happy to have you on here and uh, excited to learn uh, a little bit more about Gateway Classic Cars and the things that you do. Uh, if you could start off telling us a little bit about Gateway Classic Cars. Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me, first off. And uh, Gateway Classic Cars is one of the uh, world's largest classic and exotic car uh, sales and consignment company. So basically, our goal is uh, to help folks who are selling their cars reach more of a global market. So we bring cars in all the time for folks. And uh, for some of the guys like us that are trying to achieve some of those dreams, you know, we offer some collector car lending companies, so some financial services, financing, and help people find cars of their dreams. So we bring both of those two worlds together and, and uh, create an atmosphere where a lot of customers can come and not only buy their dreams of the, you know, the classic car dream, but uh, also sell their classic car to the next owner who's going to love and appreciate the car as much as it uh, they did. That's awesome. It is. It's kind of a neat concept. Uh, so do... You also get people that come in looking for a certain car, that one hard-to-find car. Is that part of the service as well? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we get a lot of people that look for specific things. So one of the great things about Gateway Classic Cars is, you know, when you do a Google search for a specific car, you're not really going to find, like, you know, it's kind of hard to scan all over Craigslist and go to the different sites and cities. And, and, you know, when you're trying to look for a specific car, that's a lot of pages to go through. So... Uh, what Gateway does is we make it a little bit simpler. and we, we advertise on over 250 plus websites. So anytime you're scrolling through Marketplace or you Google search a certain car, one of our listings is going to come up for that specific car that we may have for sale in a, in a showroom. So what are the criteria to put a car uh, for sale with Gateway? So some of the criteria, Gateway does have some standards uh, or some stipulations as far as the cars that come in. Uh, the big thing is we want to make sure that we're protecting our buyers and our sellers both. So when the cars come in, we want to make sure that they're, they're functioning, working, driving cars. You know, they got to be able to start, stop, um, drive down the road. Uh, no rust. So we want to... Uh, take away any possibility that there may be some rust or any kind of issues with the car. We do a very detailed checklist on each car that comes in. Um, so I would say any sort of like rust holes on the car it is kind of an exclusion for us. Mm -hmm. uh, it, in most cases, if there's like some, you know, rust, like uh, paint bubbles or anything like that, it's not necessarily a, a deal breaker by all means, but most of the customers that we deal with, they're buying these cars offline. So mm -hmm. we have to be able to communicate with them and, you know, also stay up front and make sure that they're buying what they're buying and be extremely upfront with them. So we do, uh, we do a lot of, uh, hundred percent, 
you know, lookovers on these cars when they come in where I'm on the ground in most cases looking underneath these right, cars, yep. checking under fenders. But um, as long as all those key factors are checked off the list, we send them through our shop. So do you also help the customers with valuations? For example, if I think my car is worth $25,000, are there people there at Gateway that says, well, you know what, the last time we had one of these, it sold for X, or actually you might be a little low. Maybe we're thinking you might be able to get maybe five or six grand more than what you're anticipating. Um, Is that something that you all offer as well? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so that that comes up quite a bit. I mean, when we take in cars, we take a look at what's out there on the market. So uh, one of the things we'll do is kind of evaluate the car. Sometimes what I like to do before a customer brings a car to me to the showroom, I might even come out and take a look at the car in person just so I can do my homework on it if it's something that I haven't really dealt with a whole lot before. But we get a lot of guys that uh, bring cars in and, you know, um, they might not be exactly in the market or close to what's on the market as far as price. Okay. And it surprises some of them, uh, you know, what their cars are going for, especially uh, you, you get a lot of the guys that, you know, they keep the cars parked in the in the yard and they're not really advertising and they're not really doing the research. Mm-hmm. And you can be surprised what some of these cars go for and they have no idea. Yeah, yep, that's right. That's right. Um, we had a, a vehicle that you guys sold for us uh, last year. It was actually a Dodge Charger as a police car yeah the interceptor uh, yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and uh, you guys uh, had that car sold for us within a week yeah so that that was great work now how how many viewers um, per day per week per month does gateway get on average it's hard to put the numbers down per Mm -hmm. day Uh, it's quite a bit the numbers that we've ran as far as the month I mean we get about six million views just to our gateway website uh, a month wow um, but we also, like I said, we advertise across the internet. So Facebook, uh, Hemmings, eBay, you know, wherever you're looking for a car, you're going to see one of our ads pop up. Mm-hmm. Yep. When you have some of the customers that are looking for the cars that you have on here, and I was looking at the website, there's there's current classic cars, there's older classic cars. The the range, it, it, there's a complete spectrum of cars out there from El Caminos to uh, Shelby Cobras. The original Shelby Cobra, the one that doesn't come with a roof. <laughs> yes. Optional doors. I mean, that, and some, like you're saying, some of these have been kept in the yard. They don't realize the value of these, and they come to you to say, yeah, somebody, my neighbor told me I should reach out to you guys to sell this. You were talking about paint, paint bubbles and things like that. So when you're looking at older cars that have original paint, are you talking, looking at like patina on the paint? There were some people might say, don't touch it. I want it just in its original state. Or is it more of we need something that's been refurbished not exactly uh to kind of clarify that a little bit i mean a lot of people love stuff to be in original state um there's a lot of purists mm-hmm. out there so everyone loves uh original paint that's always a, a plus i had a c2 vet that come in yesterday guy wasn't consigning it but he wanted to come in and take a lo- uh, look around mm-hmm. he had original paint on his 60 it was like a 63 64 i want to say nice. uh Beautiful vet. It was a original paint. And when they're original, in most cases, you can tell when you're looking at the car and you see a lot of the lines and stuff on them. Um, that was the only thing on the car that really had been original. A lot of other stuff had been done to the car since mm-hmm. then. But when we bring cars in, um, we just want to make sure that they're going to be in a state that, uh, you know, they look presentable. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't exactly take in projects. So, I mean, a, a primer gray uh, Chevelle that comes through that still needs seats put in the body. Yeah. Right. That's something that we just kind of don't deal with, okay. uh, to save headache for a lot of buyers as well. Right. But, um, you know, we take in just about everything and patina is not bad. Why we get a lot of cars in with patina, uh, who doesn't love a, you know, an old seventies Ford with some patina on it. Right. Absolutely. So, now, Gateway will, uh, with the 6 million view years, that's pretty much around the globe. Am I correct? Or, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's gotcha. around the globe. Okay. So um, you have a car, you sell it. Um, Gateway, one of the advantages of it is that you will actually handle the sale for the buyer and the seller. Mm-hmm. And really all you do for the, the, the seller just goes in, gets the check, and we know now that the title 
has been transferred. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like I said, when I do those checklists, uh, one of the things that we uh, I like to address this too to the people up front before they bring the cars in is to make sure that the titles are in their name. I get a lot of people that bring cars in and they just like, oh, hey, I bought this car, but you know, I signed the back of it, and then they never get the title transferred right. in their name. And that's kind of a headache for the next guy if something happens down the line. So we want to make sure the title's in their name. Mm-hmm. No whiteout on the title. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. no, white, <laughs> no whiteout. And you know what happens a lot of the time? I'm probably getting a little far off topic No, here. you're no, fine. But, you're uh, great. So I've run into this a lot. And uh, when we, uh, for example, okay, I had a guy that brought in a, it was a 1980 uh, Toyota Land Cruiser. And he purchased it brand new from the dealership back in 1980. So he brought this car into me. I wouldn't shouldn't say car, but uh, off-road vehicle, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he brought this vehicle into me and wanted to consign it with us. And I was going over the title with him and checking the VIN on the vehicle to the title, doing my my typical my typical checkup. Uh, the VIN did not match the title. So 40 years ago, when he purchased this vehicle, there was a discrepancy on the title, and it never got worked out. He never caught it. So 40 years later, in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) he has to get this title switched over, and (laughs) it's been kind of a headache, but, you know, we've been working with him. We took the the vehicle in, nonetheless. You know, we have a climate-controlled showroom, Mm -hmm. so we're taking care of it. We got all the pictures, all the videos done on it. It's sitting very pretty in a spot and being cleaned, you know, every week. So it's being taken care of all the while this guy is trying to chase down a new title for something. Right. But if you could have seen his face <laughs> oh, I'm sure. when I told him. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you mentioned yeah. 1980. So if I'm correct in this, I believe it was 1981 that the VIN number stretched to 17 digits. And yes. then it had a check digit. Yes. And then the 10th digit dictated the year of the car yes where the first digit was obviously where the where the car was produced so if he did have a 1980 and it had a nine digit um i think they were termed maybe as warranty numbers back in the day but uh and i can imagine that could be a little bit more strenuous to try to get that (laughs) cleared up like how did you not catch that right exactly yeah so the i'll tell you the part that was wrong it was actually kind of funny the vin started with fj okay which is yeah, pretty common for every vehicle, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. uh, and even to double check, we had another FJ Cruiser in there. So mm-hmm. I pulled the paperwork on that, looking at it. They had uh, instead of typing FJ, they typed FU. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Is this a you know?" So I, I, yeah, looked it up, and even on the keyboard, I mean, like, use right next to the J. So someone just fat fingered it, gotcha. and uh, they didn't have to worry about it because you know. And all the while, he was insuring the wrong car yes <laughs> wow i'm surprised 40 yes. years yeah you know, i had my own uh, experience uh, chasing down a title uh for my toyota truck that i bought brand new and uh with my jobs i moved around a lot like different i lived in like four different states and every state has their own oh, lien yeah. holder title holder and this that and the other but i never really needed the title so it's my fault i didn't really keep up with it but when i went to sell my truck it took me like six, eight weeks to track down where my title oh, was. Gosh. I mean, yep. everybody says, no, they have it. No, they have it. They're supposed to do it. And I'm like, how do I get a title? So mm-hmm. finally I got some help, and it was actually from – it was here in Kentucky. Uh, so I had to go through the clerk's office, and the lady here in Kentucky, they were super nice. I was actually very surprised how helpful they were mm-hmm. because I was like, I, you know, Trucks paid for. I just don't have. Nobody ever mailed me the title, so uh, it was very uh, stressful and trying to to get all that together. Especially that was just a toy oh, truck. That's yeah. not you know yeah. trying yep. to unload a mm-hmm. you know a, a classic car. You know, something that's you know you're looking to do. That was really hard to uh, get, get together. Straight, straight so yeah. I'm sure would the stress believe, level was up. Yeah. yeah. Would you believe that that happens to me on a regular basis, like weekly? I'm astonished. That was the next question I'm going to follow up with is, are there any cars or any manufacturers out there that may have or have little warning signs like, you know what, this Dodge? Yeah, we're going to have to double check their title. Or that Toyota in this year bracket, 
let's double look at the are there any like those out there that typically may have more likely than others issues i can't say that they do um it's it kind of more relies on like who they titled it through or the i'm gonna kind of throw kentucky under the bus here uh, <laughs> they're, they're uh they're kind of bad about it uh it seems like a lot of a lot of the issues i'm not gonna say you know indiana's got its fair share too but uh, a lot of the titles come through uh, just kind of, you know, someone makes a, a simple mistake and they just don't get corrected, mm-hmm. like they don't catch it. Uh, I just, I tell everyone that comes through too now, I'm like, hey, double check your titles. When, any, when you buy a new car even, the next guy that buys this car, he may go and get this title transferred and they may do the same thing. You you got to be, it's made me be more aware because trust me, I have to double check and, and triple check because a lot of the times it's even gone past me. And then, you know, I got the boss breathing down my neck. Right. Going, hey, you got to call this guy back. Uh, the, his title doesn't match the VIN. And I'm like, oh, no. Now, are liens a problem if a if a client has a lien on a classic car? Uh, obviously, they need to be perfected before they get transferred typically. Yeah. Um do you ever run into the, although the cuts, the customer has paid it off, they never got a lien release on the, on the vehicle. I imagine that could be a little bit of a hassle as well. It can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just sold a 77 Ford that actually had a lien on it. So the guy was able to uh, pay it down enough to where, you know, he got his money back out of it, but that, you know, he just broke even basically. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. But uh, we take in liens quite a bit and, you know, they, so, so going back to the the car, do you all offer detailing services and uh, the mechanical inspections on these vehicles to where, uh, or for example, I'm an appraiser as well. Do you guys uh, ever call, or do you have clients that call and say, "Hey, you know, I'm interested in this '77 um, Cutlass." Um, uh, you know, what what can you all tell me? Because you all get a lot of cars that are in. Um, probably daily. Am yes. I correct in saying yeah, that? Absolutely. So, so if, if these things sell relatively quickly, um, I, I was just curious, you know, is it up to the customer or is there in fact, maybe a small, I know you said you look for rust and, mm-hmm. and this, and, and, you know, if you turn the car on and you hear the lifters knocking and all that other good stuff, um, those are probably ways to, right then and there to say, okay, hey, look, we're not we're not interested. But um, do do you have a lot of appraisers come in and um, you know inspections there on the lot that that can be done? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just I was in the shop just yesterday. Uh, we had an appraiser come in, but a lot of the times it's it's a very common thing because most of our buyers are coming out of state or across the country or even in most cases uh, overseas. So what we do is uh, we will contact some appraisers and stuff and and have them come out and check cars over and and they'll even hire some appraisers to come out and take a look at cars. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, they go over them with a fine tooth comb. And, uh, you know, we want to leave, you know, no stone unturned. We want to let our buyers know exactly Mm -hmm. What the, it's a used car. Every car that comes in, I mean, a lot of these cars are 50, 60 years old. So sure. you, you want to be up front. So I I actually encourage people to bring appraisers in and take a look at these cars firsthand so they know what they're getting into, which mm-hmm. we do our due diligence at the beginning of the process when I'm going through my checklist and looking these cars over. If I miss something, you know, that's, that's on me. But we anything that a customer has as far as questions – we do walk around FaceTime videos on the cars. If they want to see anything, we're absolutely up as about as upfront as we can as you get. Can be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And how many locations in the states do you have? So we actually have eighteen showroom locations. Okay. okay. Are they mostly in the eastern quadrant or uh, we're, uh, we're kind of spread out a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Is there any one particular location that's kind of the the hot one to go to uh, or or do you do you rotate inventory and you know if the car's just not not got not getting hit on at this location do you maybe trade out for another location so the way our inventory works since all of these cars are here on consignments uh we don't actually trade out inventory because in most cases uh, i'd say about 70 percent of the cars that i have in my area come from local people so 
to ship a car or send a car to another showroom yeah, just does. doesn't work out mm-hmm. in that case since most of these cars are you know being sold by an owner that lives in the area but uh i mean we kind of getting back to a previous question we do work a lot with like transporters and transportation companies so i mean if there is a car that you're interested in i mean there's a way for us to get it to you you just have to go through the necessary steps gotcha. to purchase the car. Following up on what Jason was asking earlier, I think you started asking about detailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you offer like a pre-purchase or pre-delivery detailing, things so, like that? Yeah, we do do some detailing, and uh, you know, it, it's an actual. It actually is an added option if you consign the vehicle. Uh, we have a consignment fee, mm-hmm. so the consignment fee does consist in most cases of detail and the photography work that's done on the car. A lot of these cars that come in, the guys, you know, they they're pretty good about taking care of these cars and trying to present them at its at its, best. its best. Yeah. So it, it doesn't happen often, but um, there are cars that come in that you know we detail. Um, we'll go through the nines on them, and then mm-hmm. and then there are some cars that, you know, I just kind of detail for the heck of it, just because I want it to look its best right. when we're putting it on the site. Well, and it's if, if they're they're all enclosed, climate controlled environment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's a it's a vacuum, so there's going to be dust. Right? Oh, yeah. I absolutely. mean, so that's the thing. You're always going to yes. make sure that they're they're most presentable, especially I guess especially when they're going to have uh, appraisers come in yeah. or a pre sale. You do a quick little, yeah, a little the quick little dust. That's over. right. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that that is a nice added point, you know, because when I brought my car up to you guys, I had cleaned it the day before, and I knew that okay, well, it's going to be. Not fading in the sun, no bird droppings on it. You know, it's going to be inside, and so yeah, that that is a nice thing. And you you guys keep these cars for ninety days. So alluding to what John was saying, if you do the swapping around, about ninety day turn, and then I think uh, uh, the customer has to either renew the contract or at that point can get his or her car back. Is that correct? Yeah. So what I do actually at the end of a contract because we do keep them there for the ninety days uh, after a. a Pretty much the first or the middle of every month, I'm uh, printing out a sheet, and then I call through all the customers that have cars there. They're coming up at the end of their contract. You know, our turnaround rate is typically like 8 out of 10. And what happens a lot of the time is uh, when these contracts are coming to the end, we have a lot of leads on these cars, but maybe the number's just not right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll call them up and we'll talk to them a little bit and, you know, kind of say, this is where we're at with price. Um... you know, this is kind of what what's working on the market, and we might even pull up a couple of other uh, competitors. I mean, there's a like street side. There's a competitor out there, mm-hmm. not to kind of kind of grace their name out there, give them free advertisement. <laughs> well, it's just to say that you're going to uh, say that current yeah. market conditions, what you saw uh, two years ago, which you can, I mean, Jason, you, you know, which these are the hot cars. You can look at Meekum on it's on TV every yeah. week. These are the hot cars that are coming through. Even if they're not souped up, they're just, hey, look, there's a great mo- model yeah. of it that just that's still in original condition. It's and not spe- super. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I bring that up because when you're working with a lot of customers that are selling their cars, I mean, you also have to keep in a realistic mind about what these cars are actually worth. Mm-hmm. You know, we I don't like taking in you know, cars that we might have to price so high that you kind of get laughed at because, I mean, we work with like a percentage. It's how we don't charge people a commission, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of other places do. That's how they work. They bring the car in and then they get some of the money that you're going to make off the car. Uh, a lot of our commissions uh, comes off of the back end. We have a percentage that kind of goes on their number. So how we work is we actually have room to negotiate the sell. So if you bring a car to me and let's say you want to get 20 for it, I mean, it might go up on our website for 26. Mm-hmm. Does that mean we're going to get 6,000 out of that? Uh, not exactly. We negotiate the sell, but it helps you get more of your full price. So we're helping you. We're working for you Absolutely. Uh, when they come in to try to help you get your full price. And I get a lot of guys, you'd be surprised that they come to me, especially at the street rods, you know, they bring these, these cars in and then they, they pull up and you know they got them all they're out there with the terry cloth and they're wiping them down <laughs> and i walk out there and they're just like what would you give me for this and i'm like well you know i kind of look it over and i say well what are you looking to get out of it and they don't like to play that again I say, well you tell me what's it worth what do you think it's worth and i say sir it's not a 
about what I think it's worth. It's about what you think it's worth. I'm trying to help you. This isn't CarMax. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to give you a number to offend you. I just want to help you achieve that number, and I right. can't if you're not, you know, telling me up front. What you let us go to work right. for you. Sure. Right, and that, and that's a big thing about what you do is that you're giving them like here's what it's worth based off of what current people looking for your vehicle are look are paying for it nationwide in your network because you have a global network. You know what people are asking for. But I guess, do you have those people that come in with their classic car and they're like, see these things on TV? This is the highest price they've oh. ever had. <laughs> and then they come in and they say, hey, I want to get the highest price too. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah, you should have did that, done that uh, two years ago yeah. when you saw that auction because these were very hot two years ago. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. You, now, you, gotta, <laughs> <laughs> you have to be careful, especially, I mean. Like, what's the hot flavor of the moment? Right now, uh, yeah. we sold every single one of our first-gen Monte Carlos. Like, oh, yeah. This is the crazy thing, too. 70, 71, 72, yes. right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it seemed like one of them that we actually had in there set on the showroom for about that three-month. Okay. You know, it was coming up to term. Mm-hmm. We had like four of them in the showroom at one time, and just about one of each year. And then we showed interest. One guy bought this one, one uh, seventy that we had. It was gold. It was a beautiful car. It was one of my favorites of the ones that we had in in the showroom. Black vinyl roof. Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. black vinyl yeah. roof. That's what I thought. <laughs> Bench seats. Yep. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that car sold, and then within a matter of a week, the rest of them went too. It was phenomenal. I was like, mm-hmm. what? And then we had yeah. people still calling in afterwards. Do you have any first-gen Monte Carlo? Right, yeah. I'm like, is there something going on on TV or the movies right now I don't right. know about? Right, it makes you wonder. Why, yeah. Well, you know. the Tokyo Drift back 10 years ago when it came out, um, one of the leading stars was in a first-gen Monte Carlo, which is cool. And then Training Day comes right. out, and then they had that 79 Monte Carlo, which they did a great job making that car look good. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, right. yeah, the first-gen stuff um, yeah. it, um, is, is pretty neat to come which by, I, that's I for sure. I think that's what he had in Drive, right? Did Ryan Gosling have one in Drive? A first-gen uh, Monte Carlo? Monte Carlo, okay. wasn't it? I, I don't know. It was great. Has anyone I, seen I, that movie? I haven't seen the movie. That's my not. problem. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure that's what he, gotcha. what he had. Okay. Yep. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Monte Carlo because there's uh, there's one on uh, in my neighborhood that I drive by every day when I go to work. Uh, it's it's not a 70s. It's probably an early 80s. Okay. Yep. Somewhere that's the you know the big the big model. Yep. Uh, but I drive by it every day. It's like canary yellow. Okay. And it just sits there. I don't know if they ever drive it. Gotcha. But it's funny that you mentioned that the Monte Carlo is like right. up and coming. Oh, you know, thing right again. Now. Yeah. And it's like, I drive by that thing. I don't think it moves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Nova's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about the, the, the 60s Nova's or the, even, even the early yeah. 70s. The early 70s. Yeah. No, those that's are... exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are, those are, those are neat cars, which actually leads me. Uh, you know, what's what does seem to be a hot car right now, m- minus the Monte Carlo we just spoke with. I mean, our, our, our Chevelles are, you know, uh, well, actually, kind of like what are the top five? Well, yeah, well, that, that would be a good question. Yeah. But the, I guess, and also, too, honest, uh, would, you know, are imports uh, with Gateway uh, as successful as maybe as domestics, or, or do you all. I know that you all have Hondas when Hondas come in, if if it matches your criteria. Mm-hmm. But would you say that um, most of your vehicles that you sell are mostly? Every time I look, it seems like they're muscle cars or domestic. Uh, yeah, domestic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Chevelles. Chevelles are yeah pretty popular. One right of my now. favorite cars. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Seventy. I actually just had a gentleman bring a '72 in. Okay. And <laughs> It's a very beautiful car, yep. but he was dying to have a 70. Okay. So he uh, he brought that car in. He went down to Nashville, bought a 70, and then uh, wanted to keep his 72. And then I had to kind of talk him off the ledge. It was like, you, you got the car you want. Right, yeah. You know, and then he kind of came back in and, and it was like, you know, I was thinking about what you said. Mm-hmm. I don't need the 72. So. Right. And, and I don't know if you guys gauge this kind of stuff either, uh, but, you know, I'm more of a stock guy. I like how it would have rolled off the assembly yeah, line absolutely. in 1967. I'm the same way. I'm a uh, purist. So yeah, I, exactly. I so, but but do you find that modified or custom cars are uh, 
resto mods are are just as popular or sell better than your stock vehicle? It's hard. I I would it would be interesting to find some sort of uh, I guess numbers mm-hmm. on that because I I'm I'm interested in the same. I do sell a lot of resto mods, and then I sell a lot of ones that are you know the guys are trying to make them very original or mm-hmm. true to the original, right? Uh, clone or an original. Mm-hmm. It's fifty fifty either way. I mean, we okay. sell we're selling the resto mods and we're selling the ones that are original. Yeah. So we got a little bit of everything for for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I it's honestly it's a good question. I would love to see the math on that. So, so I'm an inventory guy at one of the dealerships I work for, and um, so we'll do stats on what's hot and what's not. You know, if if SUVs, which primarily seem to be what most people want right now, well, obviously we try to go out and get the SUVs versus you know your four door sedans, which aren't doing too well because Ford Taurus and I think the Impala is getting ready to be discontinued, I think, or or something. But but you know you gotta you gotta obviously go after what's hot so and going back to i'm sorry eric I, he had mentioned you know maybe some of the top five cars that you you find to be so chevelle uh yeah so chevelle uh number one i'd probably have to say is vets a lot okay. of guys want corvettes right now so, so john's a big corvette yeah. guy yep yeah. yep has like, he got his new balances on i can't no, see <laughs> <laughs> i got vans on tonight but uh yeah the 82 vet is one of my favorite uh corvettes uh just something about it yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah i'd i'd Fancy a lot of the early, like, uh, 70s, late 60s. Yeah, you know, I want to look like an astronaut when I'm yeah. stepping out of my bed. <laughs> right. well, my friend, a uh, uh, friend of mine, uh, he just bought a 99 vet. Oh, is that right? Uh, yep. And it had low miles on it, so he got a great deal on it. It's black. Mm-hmm. Uh, he drove it over to the house yesterday, and uh, he was having a little fun with it in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's... Not my favorite style vet, but it's not my least favorite either. Yeah, it, you know, it's kind of neat. It's got good lines. You know, it needs a little paint, mm-hmm. uh, probably a nice buff, and shine the paint up. It'd be a really mm-hmm. sharp car. Yeah, uh, vets vets are just insanely. I mean, there's such a wide range on if you want a car. I mean, I would say all the time in our showroom at one time, the cheapest car we had in there was a Corvette. You know, the most expensive car we had in there was also a Corvette. Mm-hmm. You could go any which direction. For, I think uh, he bought it for around ten grand. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. about. We had mm-hmm. a we had a vet in there that was like at thirteen, I want to say. And then we have the uh, iconic. We had a nineteen fifty four uh, Chevy Corvette that actually came out of the Bowling Green Museum. Okay. And I nice. think that price tag on that was somewhere around a hundred grand. So it did not fall victim to the sinkhole. Actually, yeah. So the guy bought it literally a week. He took it out of the museum a week before the sinkhole oh, appeared. Oh, wow. wow. It, uh, wow. it, it missed cool. the sinkhole yep. gotcha. by a week. Gotcha. Yep. So got the Chevelle, the Corvette. Yeah, we're getting way off topic. Yeah. No, yeah. no. That's what it's all about. This is what a conversation is all about. We got the Chevelle. We got the Vet. I probably placed the Vets up there, number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vets okay. are always in style. Okay. No matter what. Uh, Rab- Mustangs. Volkswagen Rabbits. Volkswagen. No. Yeah, that's yeah. no. Uh, 97 Ford Taurus. All <laughs> wow. right. Yeah. Yeah. See, you know, you, you, the yes. things you learn on the Classic Car Podcast. Yeah, classic right. Car Corner Box. Yeah, flying yeah. off the shelves. You can't keep them. <laughs> uh, Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, first gen, obviously. Mm-hmm. every you know, They're a dime a dozen right now. Yeah. Which is kind of an, another difficult thing with consigning Mustangs is telling people uh, we might bring in a 65 and have another 65, and then they're, they're parked next to one another, and one might have a $20,000 price tag on it, one might have a $15,000 price tag on it. You can go just about anywhere you want to with Mustangs, but those are very popular. Popular bike. Mustangs are an interesting thing, especially locally in this area, because I know when I was in, we were in high school, I look at all of us because we all went to school together. In the nine, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, the car to get, and restore was must was a Mustang, and at that time Mustangs were a little challenging to find because you didn't have all the clone parts and everything. You're you're going to junkyards. You're trying to find a barn find, and people have Mach ones, first generation Mach ones, and whatnot, uh, fastbacks, and they're getting things up. And Dad's not letting anybody drive it, but it looks really cool when he takes out to put gas in it. So now, all those cars are coming out of those garages, apparently. 
for resale. And that's why you see these yeah. all over the place. Yeah, they're they're coming out of the woodworks. You can hear them coming through the trees. There's so many coming our way. 65, 66. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a 67 GT350 uh, that just came through. It was okay. pretty nice. It was one of my favorite ones. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we have Vets, our Chevelles, our Mustangs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to work down a, the line here. No, you know what has fine. been popular mm-hmm. of late are uh, the Volkswagen buses. Oh, I love wow. that. That's Didn't what I love. I've seen a lot yep. of those come through. Yeah, like a 67, 21 window bus. Uh, I mean, these cars are actually bringing, if they're original, if it's a numbers matching, if there's no paint, I mean, you're looking at $150,000 on a perfect Mm -hmm. one-owner, low-mileage Volkswagen bus. Check your barns. Yeah, absolutely. Mileage won't matter. Mileage won't matter on that. No. Yeah, but, but yeah, they are really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so if, if it was what 1984 that the water cooled bus, uh, the Vanagon, uh, yes. was that, yeah. that, uh, yeah. And obviously, you know, they're wanting the sixties versions, um, of these buses primarily, but, uh, you know, a Vanagon with a pop-up top would be kind yeah, of, yeah, the, 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 the 83 Vanagon with the yeah. Westphalia thing. Yeah, and absolutely. The, yep. And the plaid, uh, mm-hmm. insert. Yeah. On the, <laughs> yep. the Westphalia is, uh, I've seen a couple of those come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, they're 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 very nice cars. Yep, there was a young lady out uh, in Las Vegas uh, that came out to all the car shows. She had a uh, '60s bus, and she had it fixed up just like it would have looked in the '60s. Yeah, and you know she was a little hippie chick, so she played the role and. Uh, but she took that to all the car shows. She probably and, had the plaid drapes on the side windows. and, 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 <laughs> and, and, and you know, it, it was really cool. I mean, everybody yeah. goes to see it. Cause everybody, oh, yeah. They're just cool. Me. Everybody uh, wants to check them out. Absolutely. Have you, have you been inside of a Westphalia and, and popped up like the, the camper portion and, and looked? Have you just seen that bed that's in that's there? That's there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like, you yep. could only be... You know, someone at Woodstock that weighed many pounds. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, so, there's yep. no way I could fit up there. Uh, me yep. either. Yep. <laughs> Eric? <laughs> Not that you we know, all looked at you. You know, Eric. right now, you know, you look at me and say, hey, could you get up there? Can I get up there? <laughs> yes. Could That's you stay up there? You know, you know, get, I couldn't. About two years ago, yes. <laughs> right now, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't test the, the tensile strength. of. So what, what would be the fifth... Um, uh, popular make at this point that or model well if i had to really really think about it uh, probably those little mg cars okay I mean, everyone very cool yep. yeah yep and is it the midget or is it just like the mg just about everything it gt and, and the g now do you get many of because talking about jason mentioned you know the mix of foreign cars versus import cars versus domestic cars when you mention the mgs that's interesting because the mgs are amazing you don't have a miata unless you have mgs and triumphs and austin healy's from back in those days do you, i mean triumph gt6s and those kind of things are uh that come do they come in there frequently yeah. or? uh funny you mentioned to the austin healy's we actually had two of like the same year like late 50s and the early 60s ones that come through they're uh they fetch some pretty good money mm-hmm. and it's hard to find you know, you have to. You just about have to be a Colombo villain to buy one of those things. You know, like you, <laughs> you got to be a British play actor uh, going to theater in those. But I love those cars. I just can't fit in them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah. They're extremely tight space, but yeah, they're very British. They are. Right. They are. You have to have your tweed vest on with a ascot, cabbie hat. Yeah, can't forget the ascot. And speaking of MG, going back to my trivia, which I love. Does anybody here know what MG stands for? My goodness. My goodness. Yeah. My uh, goodness. No. I can't <laughs> see over this windshield. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My goodness. There's three windshield wipers. There you go. That would be on the FJ Cruiser. Uh, the uh, MG stands for Morris Garages. Really? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yep. So uh, just a little tidbit. The, the more you know. Hey, yeah. Jason, the more thanks. you know. That's I exactly didn't know that. Yep. Morris Garage. Yes. Yep. yep. So, uh, but, um, uh, you know, one last thing here is, you know, what has been the neatest or most rare car you've come across while at Gateway? So, uh, it's, there's a lot of neat, there's a lot of neat cars that come through. Uh, I'll tell you probably one of my favorites that I found. Uh, I had a lady contact me, her, her father had passed away and he had a car that was kept in his garage for a long time. 
and uh, she had me come out and take a look at it, see if it was something that we'd we'd sell through through Gateway, and uh, went to take a look at it. It was a beautiful 1970 Datsun, and was it a 5'10"? Yes, it was. <laughs> Wagon or uh, coupe? It was not. It okay. was not. It was a coupe. It was a coupe. Okay. It was a coupe. So uh, looking at this car, uh, I was just astonished by how well kept it had been. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'd love to take this car in. So long story short, we brought this car in. Um, we actually had an inspector come in and take a look at this car. And the titling had been wrong on it. It was titled as a 70. It was actually a 69. Okay. So it fetched a lot more money originally than what she had planned. Uh, it was a good find. It was a really cool find. Uh, it was not there long. It, it stayed there for two weeks. We had it listed as a 70. We found out it was a 69, and calls were flooding in oh, for the car. So, so what was the difference primarily between a 69 and a 70? I don't think there's much, is there? Not much. I didn't think so. I yeah. didn't think there was either. No, the I ignition actually, on those cars are on the left-hand side. Yes, I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. I honestly couldn't tell the difference. The only way we found out was the numbering on the motor. Okay. Oh, and okay. Which was hard to find, mm -hmm. by the way. Yep. It was not an easy. But uh, someone out there had actually called in and said, I don't, I've, still I have no clue how they realized it was a 69. And... Uh, they said, you, you know, you got that listed as a 70. And so we kind of investigated a little bit. And we had a, a guy that come in who is an avid Datsun collector. Mm -hmm. and, and he was taking a look at it. And he uh, did his research. And he said, yeah, this is uh, titled as a 70, but it's, it's actually a 69. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Well, I know we talked about a lot of classic cars. Uh, do you uh, sell and dabble in any, like, exotic cars? Yes, so we, we have a lot of exotic cars, too, that come through. Uh, I can't say that I have anything interesting. You know, I'm in the Louisville showroom. When I say exotic, like, you know, exotic to me might be a little bit different than... Sure. <laughs> than McLarens what, or... Yeah, than yeah. what you find at, like, the uh, Las Vegas showroom, right. for example. Right, sure, yeah. But, uh, yes, I mean, we we go through a lot of, like, McLarens, uh, mm. the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's neat. So I've got to ask you, Chase, we've talked about Gateway, we've talked about what got you interested in cars? What is it that, that made you say, man, I really love these. I've got to work with them. Uh, so I had an interesting childhood growing up. You know, I, I, uh, I was pretty close to my grandfather, and he grew up uh, here in Kentucky around the Hazard area. He was a mechanic all his life. And uh, I, I guess it was just his love of cars that kind of rubbed off on me. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, watching all a lot of the old shows with him, like maybe watching Dukes of Hazard, oh, or yeah. watching uh, the Rockford Files, right? Firebird, it was the, yeah, Firebird, Firebird. The Gold Firebird, yeah, the Gold Firebird. I loved that car growing up, but uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of my favorite cars growing up was like Plymouth Furies. So I always vowed to get a Plymouth Fury one day, and mm -hmm. I eventually got a uh, 67. That was Christine, by the way, remember? Yes, the 58. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, that's right. But the 57 Belvedere that they used in the movie. And uh, they kind of switched back and forth. Ah, so okay. if you get you a Belvedere, you have a knockoff Fury, and no one will ever know. Well, Most people will never know. Okay. Very you know? cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, growing up with him, I, I think that's kind of where I got my love of cars. I mean, he told me a lot of interesting stories growing up, like, you know, being in the neighborhood just in, in that time, you know, in, in the 60s. He told me this story one time when I was probably five or six about one of the neighbors got a brand-new car. That was a big deal back then. I mean, people would flock out of their homes around your car. So the neighbor purchased a 66 Oldsmobile Toronado. Mm -hmm. You know, those things looked like the Batmobile mm -hmm. of the day when they pulled up in the driveway. So everyone came out of the house. They're all piled up around this car, and they're looking at it, and they're just astonished. And No, no I'm sorry. So, so just years down the road, uh, he took me to a car show. And, you know, I was probably... 15, 16, mm -hmm. never seen one before in person. And I come up upon this car and I was like, man, what is this car? This is a beautiful looking car. So I'm kind of looking around it and I get to the front and there's that poster board. The guy's got made sitting next to it. 66 Oldsmobile Tor Tornado. Yeah, absolutely. I would flee out of my house to go pile around <laughs> that car. That Very is cool. cool. Now, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say that was a front wheel drive car. It was. It was the first yep, front wheel drive car. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. How about that? Wow. 
That is so cool. So interestingly enough, my grandfather was from Hazard too. So we'll have to talk about this here uh, oh, yeah. after afterwards. Uh, but um, um, wh- another quick service that you guys provide too that I thought was really cool is um, Gateway. Obviously, we're in Louisville. You, they're about twenty miles north of uh, the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll also come down and meet with clients and say yes or no to the car prior to them driving them up there. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, that's a nice service. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to put people in a position where um, if we're just not sure about the car, I don't want them to come out of their way to bring us the car to the showroom. And then I look over it and I find something on the car that I'm thinking this might be a deal breaker for gotcha. us. Yep. And then I have to send them back. So yep. it's something that... Uh, Maybe not all of us can do at mm-hmm. showrooms. I'm kind of blessed in my showroom to kind of have that opportunity to, mm-hmm. if I need to, if I'm not busy, I can run out and, and inspect a car on site. Uh, but it's something that, you know, if if it's uh, something I feel like I, I need to do or I'm gotcha. just not 100% sure about the car, I'll, I'll definitely go out there and take a look at gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's... That's nice because a lot of people might be a little hesitant about driving their old car way up the yeah, river. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> I've gone, I've gone a hundred miles out of the way before oh, okay. to look wow. at gotcha. cars too. Gotcha. So I mean, I I can yep. plan a day around it if I have nothing coming in that day. Which here here lately, I've been very busy. I've been kind of slammed, so I've, mm-hmm. I've kind of had to tell a couple of people I can come out and take a look at it. Just might take me a couple of days, but uh, right. you know, if if you're very interested in bringing the car in and and you. Want me to come take a look at it? Sure, I'm glad to come out. Okay, and um, as far as financing, the um, um, JJ Best I think is a, a finance company for classic cars. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that a lot of people? I, in my job, I'm a finance manager, so typically it's always so much easier to obtain information over the phone, get it approved, call them back, and say, "Hey." Uh, you, you've been approved. Here's your rate. Here's your term. Here's your monthly payment. Um, is this suitable? And if so, uh, it, it just makes it easy because once they say yes, then it's really going to be contingent upon the quality of the car once they go see it. Um, is that something that, that Gateway uh, on their website can help as well? Or is that kind of a third-party type of scenario? It is kind of a third-party okay. type of scenario, but it is definitely not beyond us to help you with any questions that you may have. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of companies, too, that we might refer people to. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely check out with us first mm-hmm. before you kind of go through some um, on your own. We okay. might have some that work out better for you than ones that you, you may be thinking of. So okay. it just also depends on the car. So, sure. Uh, you know, we have we have some little checkups that we do ourselves and, you know, we might find you a, a better rate out there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay. that's something I would encourage anyone to go through or contact our sales team okay. and speak with them about it. And they can refer to you some of the best, okay. uh, lending, uh, companies out there. Out there. And let's pretend I do have a 1997 Ford Taurus, which I think was mentioned here just a few minutes ago, and it's worth five hundred dollars. Do you all six hundred for it? Right <laughs> well, okay, now. there you go. Okay, <laughs> six hundred for it. Okay, but do you welcome trade-ins of any kind towards the sale of a vehicle that might be on? That's a very good question. Uh, we used to, and I say we used to, and we still do, but it just doesn't work out. Just like you would a, a regular dealership when you take a car in, and uh, want to trade you might have better luck selling the car first and just getting your money for it because i mean they're obviously going to try to make a little bit of money off of it what we would have to do is purchase the car from the consigner because they're not really looking to trade they're just wanting to get the cash out of it which means that puts us in a position which you know and, and we have done it before uh we might purchase their car and then we buy your car from you or trade it off that car. In most cases, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is you might have to pay a boot. You know, you'll mm-hmm. trade your car plus some money because in most scenarios, we're probably not going to get you every dime that you want for that right. car yeah. because we're also a business that have to make a little bit of money. We're sure. like a dealership. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't recommend trades. I recommend consigning the car and selling it through us and getting the cash and then just turning around and maybe even using that or going through one of the, the lending companies and financing the car. Gotcha. You always have a better yeah. better output on that. That's exactly right. It's a right. different business model than a traditional lot. Yes. So, again, you're not CarMax. We're here to help you sell your car. Yes. 
not hey or or unless you have a buyer that says I need you to find this car this year and someone comes calls up and says hey Dialt would you give me money for this well let's talk about it uh, that's just the rare yeah absolutely thing where you have somebody that's asking you to hunt for something for them and then that's when it's like well this one just kind of came in are you interested yeah yeah no it's um in lastly i guess how many cars are you selling per month um typically from and i know this varies per one of your 18 locations but um how many people do you have on your sales team and and um you know how many what, what's the output I'll say this. You caught me at a good time. Okay. Uh, we've been selling quite a few cars. Uh, we've actually been selling more cars than I could bring in right now. So there's never been a better time to sell your car, which it's been crazy through all of this going right. on. Right, sure. Yeah, I, I would have thought the absolute opposite, and a lot of people did. We didn't know where this was going to take mm-hmm. us, and uh, it's, a, it's a terrible situation we're facing, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's been like it's been booming. Well, so, it's interesting because you have people that are like, "Well, I'm here at home. Maybe I should buy a toy to tinker with." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I mean, swimming yeah. swimming pools, I yes. think, are on a three year right. wait right now. You so. can always social distance in a sixty five Cobra. <laughs> Come on That's in right. and see us. Exactly. Absolutely. You can expedite your distance as well. It's only a two seater. Yeah. So. Yep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we've we've been selling quite a bit. Oh, that's great. That's and, great. And uh, uh, we that's... have just a couple of sales. Uh, as far as our staff goes, we have like two salespeople um, in our showroom. Typically, there's like two or three okay. per showroom. And I tell you, we stay very busy every day. I help them out quite a bit mm-hmm. just to get through the day. We have so many emails and, and phone calls and, and messages that come through to us gotcha. about purchasing. That's okay. a great problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm well, glad your business is doing well. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, Chase, thank you so much uh, for your time here today. It has been a pleasure talking with you and uh, uh, learning a little bit more about Gateway. Again, I've had two experiences with Gateway Classic Cars. Both of them were fantastic. Uh, Interestingly enough, um, I put um, George's uh, Saturn Sky on Facebook Marketplace, and Chase uh, messaged me via email, at Facebook saying, Hey, uh, we'd like to have an opportunity if your car doesn't sell. And I messaged him right back and said, well, I had excellent, um, results with gateway that this is certainly worth future discussion. And obviously this is what led us to this here tonight. So thank yeah. you. Thank very you much. so much for having me. Oh, here. absolutely. Absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, please take a second to hit the like button on Facebook and leave us a review. Reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. And thanks for listening. Until next time, happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.